I don't think I'm going to preach. We'll see. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I know everyone's called to be a preacher, but uh, it's not really my thing. So we'll see what we got. If you got your Bible, open it up to Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's a pretty popular book. Pretty important. We're going to start at verse number 6. And it says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Verse 7, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. These words must be pretty important. He wants you to talk about them. He wants you first. They got to be in your heart. They got to be right here. Not just in your mouth, but in your heart. And not only that, he wants you to teach them diligently. That means with an effort. With an effort to accomplish something. Not just saying the words, not just saying, well, this is why we do it, or this is what's going on, this is what the pastor says, this is what the Sunday school teacher says. No. You got to get it in your heart and teach it to your kids diligently with an effort to do something, to accomplish something. And then it says, talk with them. Talk about these words. Talk about these words. When you're sitting in your house, you got friends coming over and you're hanging out, when you're eating dinner, when you're at a uh, cookout at 8 p.m. and you think it's going to be light out and it's not. Yeah. It says, when you're walking by the way, when you're doing your day to day. This light when it shuts off and on. Hey, check it out. Let's try this one. Oh my goodness, that's much louder. Okay, hallelujah, Jesus. All right, it says, but do it when you're going through your day to day. Do it when you're lying down. Talk about it when you rise up. It should be the last thing on your mind and the first thing when you wake up. These words are important. So let's find out, according to Scripture, what are these words? Let's uh, rewind a little bit. Y'all remember Sunday? Y'all want to rewind? Y'all want to? No? Nobody wants to rewind? Okay, well, let's, let's just back up a bit. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse number 1. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord God commanded to teach you. The commandments, the statutes, and the judgments. According to Scripture, these are the things we should do and should not do. These are the things that God expects of us. And how, these are the things that God, how God expects us to live our life. He expects us to, to know these things, to study His words, to study these words. In the second half of Deuteronomy 6, 1 says, Why? That ye might do them. Do them in the land whether ye go to possess it. It's not enough just to say them. It's not enough just to read them. It's not enough just to be able to quote the Scripture, but can you apply the Scripture? Can you say more than just, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. Can you repent? And can you get baptized? Can you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost? Can you give God everything you have because that's what the Word of God says you are supposed to do? Too many of us are like James, or like what the Word of, what the Word of God says in James chapter 1, verse 22. You can be seated. I have a lot of scripture. I got 10 pages of notes. Yes. I feel like pastor. No, I don't. Not at all. I just look like him. James chapter 1, verse 22 says, 
but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. And we always forget that last part. Deceiving, lying to your own selves. Verse 23 says, But if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, then he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. It's like a dude looking in the mirror. I do that every morning sometimes. You ever look in the mirror and you realize your hair's not there? I mean, realize your hair's messed up? Realize your, maybe your tie doesn't match your suit? Realize, oh man, I, I, I don't look quite the way I thought I did? Life isn't going the way I thought it should be today? Since you're like a man beholding his natural face in the glass. And verse 24 says, He beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. You ever look in the mirror and realize your clothes don't match? Yeah, I do all the time. I'm not very good at that game. That's why I got married. That's not a lie. It's true. But you look in the mirror, you say, hey, my hair is messed up or my clothes don't match or, man, there's, there's a cut there, a bruise there. Maybe I cut myself shaving. That was, I wasn't expecting that. I looked in the mirror this morning. But then we walk away from the mirror deceiving our own selves. We don't do a thing about it. Maybe we look in the mirror and we realize we're doing what James says and we examine ourselves. We see ourselves and we say, you know what? I'm not living like I'm supposed to. I'm not reading the Word of God like I'm supposed to. I'm not reaching people like God told me to. I'm not, I'm not being who I'm called to be like I know I should be. Maybe there's something in my heart that isn't right and i got to get rid of it and I can see it in the mirror. I can see the man in the mirror is not the person I want to be. Maybe I'm battling with who God says I'm supposed to be and who I think I am. But those two people generally aren't the same. If I'm a hearer only, I'm going to look in that mirror, I'm going to walk away and I'm not going to have any expectation of any change in my life. Why? Because I'm just a hearer only. I know what the Word of God says. I know what the preacher said. I know what the Sunday school teacher said. I know what Brother Stratton prayed over me. I know what he said. It doesn't matter. That wasn't for me. That was for somebody else. And that's what happens when we deceive ourselves. We start thinking, oh, the preacher wasn't really preaching to me. He, he, that, was for, that was for somebody else. I know it hurt my toes, but that, that was for somebody over there. That, that was for somebody in the back pew. That was, I was sitting in the front pew. That wasn't, that wasn't for me. I, I'm not backslidden. I want the front pew. You can be backslidden sitting on the front of you. Not that you're backslidden, just saying. But you have to examine yourselves. You have to look at yourself and seriously consider, am I doing everything God wants me to do? Or did I just hear the word on Sunday and then come Monday morning when someone says, hey, I was church. Oh, it was great. What do you preach on? Um, sin. Do you preach on sin? I don't know. Been there. Done that. Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you look in the mirror and say, man, I'm a mess. Don't worry, you're not the only one. We all are. But we're all striving towards perfection. If you need a change in your lifestyle, you need a change in your, maybe you need a change in what's going on, then look in that mirror and say, you know what? I'm not going to leave my hair a mess. I'm going to comb it. I'm not just going to, I'm not going to wear that tie that don't match. I'm going to change it. You see something messed up in your life that needs to change? Change it. Can't do it on your own? Pray. Let God help you do it. Because what if? What if we're not just a hearer? 
What if we read a few more verses down, James 1.25? What happens if we do something, the word that we've heard? It says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So, we've got to get these words in our heart. Psalms 119 and 10. Since with my whole heart, I have sought thee. This is David. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. You pray like that. God, I messed up. God, I'm sorry. Don't, don't let me mess up again. I don't, want, I don't want to wander from your commandments. I know what your word says. I know what the preacher said. I know what you've called me to be, God. Don't let me wander. Don't let me walk away from that. And then there's that popular scripture where it says, Thy word have I hid in my heart. Verse 11. That I might not sin against thee. But first he said, With my whole heart I have sought thee. I have looked for thee. And I have prayed, Let me not wander from these words. Let me not wander from your commandments, your statutes, your judgments. And then he says in verse 12, just in case you're not quite there yet, he says, blessed art thou, O Lord. He says, teach me. Teach me thy statutes. If I don't got it yet, God, then teach me. If I don't know it yet, God, then teach me. Let this word come alive in your heart. When you read it, pray, Jesus, today I want you to teach me something different than what I learned yesterday. Because this word is alive. This word is living. It will change your life, but only if you let it. David was a man after God's own heart. He loved God's word. And he claims to have hidden God's word in his own heart. Why? So that he might not sin against thee. He wasn't worried about making mom and dad proud. He wasn't worried about what the pastor thought. He wasn't worried about the Sunday school teacher. He wasn't worried about the board. He wasn't worried about what the co-worker thought. He wasn't worried about what his neighbor thought. He said, God, I want to know your word and I want to get it deep in my heart. I want to get it behind the fifth rib. I want to get it where I'm at. Why? Because I don't want to sin against you, God, because I want to make heaven my home because I want to do something different in my life. I don't want to live like the world does. I want to do something different. And if I'm going to do that, then I got to have it in my heart. I got to have it, these words, in, behind my fifth rib. I got to have it right here. Because it doesn't matter what the pastor says if you don't have it for yourself. Pastor will make it to heaven. You might not. It doesn't matter if your husband's got it, but you don't. It doesn't matter if your wife's got it, but you don't. You got to get it for yourself. You can't ride anybody's coattails. You can't. You can't stroll into heaven and be like, "All right, Peter, that's cool. Don't worry, my daddy's a preacher. I'll make it." No, Peter's going to say, "I'm sorry, you can't make it. I got a message from God. He says you're a worker of iniquity. I don't know you." But David messed up, right? He wasn't perfect. He made a lot of mistakes. Dude sent a man to his death. And God still said, you're a man after my own heart. David committed adultery. And God said, you're still a man after my own heart. Because David, even though he messed up, even though he fell, he got back up. Micah 7, 8 says, rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. And sometimes we are our own worst enemy. 
Sometimes the thoughts you have in your mind, those are the worst thing for you because those, your thoughts are not his thoughts. Your ways are not his ways. So rejoice not against me, O oh, my enemy, even if my enemy is myself. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. When, when I feel like I have lost my way, when I feel like I can't go anywhere, when I feel like I can't find the wall and I am stumbling around in the dark, he will be a light unto me. John 8, 11. Oh, we're good there. It says, when you fall, when you make a mistake, when you sin, fall to your knees, repent, and arise. Don't, don't repent and say, all right, and then live in, your, live in your sin. Don't repent and be like, all right, God, I messed up. Don't worry, I won't do it tomorrow. No, it says, arise and go. John 8 and 11 says, go and sin no more. Once you've repented, it's over. It didn't happen. So stop living there. Don't go back to that house. Don't go back to that place. You were an adulterer. You were a sinner. The moment you repent, you're not. You're a clean state. Philippians 2.12 says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Paul's writing to the Philippian church. He says, you've always obeyed my words. Not just when I was there, but also when I wasn't there. The Philippian church can only do that if they've got, got it for themselves. If they know these words for themselves. So this, again, it doesn't matter who's around. You've got to get it in your heart. Ephesians 4.14 that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine and by every slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. There's a whole lot of people out there just waiting to deceive you. They think it's fun. It's not. We can't see the wind. We can see the effects of the wind. I mean, Think about it. You see a leaf fall in the winter, right? Or in the fall, it's moved this way, it moves that way. The wind's blowing this way, the leaf's going that way. The wind's blowing this way, the leaf's going that way. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be carried about every wind of doctrine. I don't want to, I don't want to go from article to article I read on Google. I don't want to go by whatever I read in this book or in that book. I want to know what's in this book. Because there is the slight of men, there is the cunning craftiness, they are waiting to deceive you. They might not even know they're living in, living a lie. And how will you know unless you study these words? James 1.22, go back there, says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. If you're not careful, you'll read these words and you'll say, you know what? That was just for them back then. That, that's not for me. That's a lie. Oh, that doesn't apply to me. That's a lie. Oh, that's just for preachers and pastors. That's not for me. I'm just a saint. I'm just a sit, I'm just, I just sit in the pew. I'm not in leadership. That's not for me. That's a lie. 
oh, it's not really a big deal. It's just a little sin. Tell that's a lot. He went to Zohar. He went to a little city. He lost his family. I believe he wouldn't have lost his family if he went where God told him to go the first time. That's not Bible. That's just me. Now, why does it matter? Why does it matter if I have to get it for myself? Is it just for me? Do I have to get it for myself so I can make it to heaven? Do I have to get it for my... Yes, all of that. All of that's true. But God doesn't want you to be selfish. Acts chapter 8, verse 27. Philip, preacher, he sees somebody and he goes about running. He sees something different about that person. He says, And he arose and went and beheld a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Cadence, queen of Ethiopians, of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem for to worship. Verse 28, He was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Verse 30, And Philip ran thither to him. He ran to him. And he heard him read the prophet Isaiah. And he looks at him. And he says, Understandeth thou what thou readest? Say, man, do you know, do, you look lost. Do you, do you know what you're reading? Do, do you know what that scripture says? Do you know what those words are that you're, you're reading? Does that make any sense to you? Because if they don't, I, I can help you out. The Ethiopian responds the way a lot of us respond which is why we have Bible studies. And he said, verse 31, how can I? I ain't got a clue what this thing says. I don't know what that means. Be ye a doer, these words, statutes, judgments, commandments. What, what is God talking about? He says, how can I accept someone should guide me? And he looked at Philip. He desired Philip. He desired that Philip would come and sit with him. He desired that Philip would open up and say, hey, if you know what this says, share it with me. If you understand these words, I don't. I am lost. Share it with me. You've got to get it in your heart, not just for you, but for the guy sitting next to you. You've got to get it in your heart because there's a eunuch out there. There's, somebody, there's a co-worker out there. There's somebody at Walmart. There's somebody who's reaching and reading the Bible who says, I have no idea what this word means. And they need someone to show them. They need someone to reach them. They need someone to teach them. They need someone to show them the Word of God. And Philip doesn't waste a second. Acts 8.35, and Philip opened his mouth and began at that same Scripture. He started right where that guy was, right where he left off, and he preached unto him Jesus. So why do I have to get it for myself? Why do these words matter? It matters for you. It matters for the guy next to you. Mark 16, 15 says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It matters because your soul matters. And it matters because their soul matters. Now I wonder, is there anybody who's heard this tonight and say, You know what? I don't quite got it yet. I need these words. <laughs> the musicians can come. I need these words in my life. I need these words in my heart. I've read them, but I don't quite understand them. 
I've been through a Bible study, but I, I might need to go through another one. I might need to take some extra time and study for myself. And if that's you, I pray. You don't have to leave here the same way. You can get these words in your heart right now. Because you can do more in five minutes of prayer than you can in a lifetime of study. When God fills you with the Holy Ghost, He fills you with His Spirit. He fills you with Himself. And guess what? He wrote it. There's about 40 different writers, only one author. And His name is Jesus. He is the author and the finisher. He is the beginning and the ending. He was there in your struggle. And He's here with you right now. So if you want the, if you want God to move in your life, you want God to do something, then I pray, come. Come up here. Come up to the front. Let's pray.